I'm not going to be with you very long. I only have four scriptures today. And, um, but first, I want to talk to you guys just about this word of about the ability to discern the times, the ability to understand that what God is doing and that God wants to change lives. Now, the reality of it is, is that at any time we see and hear the word of God, we can be converted and we can be changed. Like your deliverance doesn't have to be a long-range plan. In fact, God never intended for your deliverance to be a long-range plan. Tell your neighbor, say, God has not called you to a lifetime of struggle. Amen. No, no. See, somebody, say it again. Say, God has not called you or me to a lifetime of struggle. Amen. Amen. Did y'all feel that? Because you know you're not called to struggle. Like your spirit man knows that you are not called to struggle. But the thing is, is that there are a couple things is that, number one, we want to make sure that we remember that there is an adversary. Tell your neighbor, say, you have an adversary. And so this adversary, the devil, he works strategically to stop the will of God from coming to pass in your life. He works very intentionally, very on purpose in order to stop the will of God from coming in your life. And I don't care how smart you are, you cannot beat the devil. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't care how smart you are, you cannot beat the devil. And so what we need to look at is that God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, right? But it's so important for us to make sure that we are aligning ourselves with God. Amen. We want to align ourselves with God. Is everybody understanding what I'm saying? So what happens is, is that sometimes there are people who are good people and they love God, but they are living in a place of struggle because they won't be obedient to God. So does that make sense? So it's so important for us to practice obedience to God. We're going to start in Psalms 37. We're going to look through verses 3 through 5. We're talking about the power of supernatural prayer, and we're talking about how do we position ourselves to be able to hear God and to know what to pray so that we get results. Because how many of you want to get results when you pray? How many? Just a couple of y'all. Who want to get results when you pray? I want to get results when I pray, right? And so if we want to get results when we pray, it's very important for us to know how to pray and to check a couple of things. So um, we're going to look at Psalms 37, but you can look up this scripture in James. In James it says, it says, when you pray, your prayers aren't answered because when you ask, you ask amiss. So it says that there are some times that prayers aren't answered, not because God is anti-answering your prayer, but because you are either asking the wrong thing or from the wrong motive. Because God, see, here's the thing. Like, people get really upset about, like, faith teaching and people teaching about money and all that stuff, but you can't hustle God. So in reality, you could get the biggest offering you've ever given, but if your heart isn't aligned and you don't obey God, there is no harvest off of that because God says that man looks on the outside, but he judges the heart. So like say, for example, if somebody came and they gave a million dollars, we'd be all gassed up that they gave a million dollars, right? But whether they get any harvest off of that is going to be based on their heart with God. And so it's very important for us to make sure that we align our heart with God. Amen? Not always the easiest thing to do, but we want to do it. It says, trust in the Lord and do good, and thou, so thou shalt dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So it's an instruction here. It's not a suggestion, is it? It's an instruction. What does he say? Trust in the Lord and what? And do good. So you shall dwell in the land. And what happens if you trust in the Lord and do good? You're going to be in the land, and what's going to happen? 
you will be fed, which means supplied, right? Make this confession. Say, when I obey God, I will always experience his full supply. So the first expectation that we have to have is that there, it is impossible to obey God and come up short. It is impossible to obey God and come up short. That has to be your first position in praying and getting supernatural breakthrough. I have to understand that there is no way in the world that I can obey God and come up short. See, some of you should write it down and begin to say it because there are times that God asks you to do something and it seems like you're going to come up short. It seems like that obeying him is going to put you in a worse situation, right? He says, but if you're going to walk in victory, if you're going to have supernatural results flood your life, you have to determine up front you cannot obey God and come up short. So even if it doesn't happen as quickly as I think it's going to happen, I have an expectation that God is working on my behalf. Yes, anybody else? I have an expectation that God is working on my behalf. That's why in, um, I believe it's Galatians, it says, don't get weary in well-doing. Why? Because we have an enemy whose job is to stop the will of God from coming to pass in your life. So when we pray and we pray in faith and we pray the word, immediately heaven releases what it is that we're praying for. But that doesn't mean that we don't have an enemy that tries to stop us from getting it, right? So that's it says, don't get weary in well-doing. Make a decision that you are going to stick with God. Some of you just got to make a decision that you're going to stick with God. I'm not talking about whether you're going to renounce Jesus, Lord. Because you pretty much decided that's not an option, right? I'm talking about the decision that you're going to stick with God and you're going to do what God asks you to do even when it doesn't seem favorable to you. Yeah. And that's the place where people get to grow up and see the real context of their relationship with God. You know, we were talking, we've been talking a lot in our, in our midweek Bible study about like this surrendered place where God has your heart. Does God have your heart? Do you do what God asks you to do, or do you only do what God asks you to do when it's convenient to you to do what God asks you to do? Here's a great example. The Lord says to you, hey, after church, go to Walmart. Somebody go give you $100. Most of you go to Walmart. Walk around. Which one? You go all five of them. Just walking around. Who where? Who got me? Right? But the Lord say, go to Walmart because it's somebody I want you to give $100. You at Harps today. You don't want to make sure you don't run into them. You don't even like harps, but you went to harps. So the question is, does God have your heart and your commitment when he asks you to do the thing you don't want to do? Because the thing that you don't want to do is the indication of how committed you are to him. You know, it's like when you're married and your spouse, if your spouse want to take you to your favorite restaurant, that's cool. But if they want to take you to their favorite restaurant, maybe not so much right? But love compels us to go places and do things that we normally would not do because we love and trust and are in relationship with the person that we care about, right? So as a result, we should always be measuring our own obedience, not against, so I'm not measuring my obedience against what you do. I'm measuring my obedience against what God is telling me to do, right? So it says, let's go to the next verse, verse 4. 
It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Everybody loves this. So people really love to quote the scripture because we're human beings. We naturally um, lean to whatever seems to favor us. So what this says right here says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, oh, well, I delight in the Lord. Oh, the Lord is wonderful. He is sweet. He is good. I know. Amen. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. But here's what he says. He says, this word delight right here in the Hebrew, it means to become pliable to. Now, 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 let's read it with the right word in there right there. All right. So become pliable also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Why? Because when you become pliable to the, heart, the Lord, the Lord takes out of your heart what shouldn't be there and puts in there what should be there. So when you pray, you know it's going to happen. Ah, right. uh, yeah. You'll never read that verse again. This ain't about, oh, <laughs> you know, you know, because you know the saints can get deep on you. Oh, the Lord is just so sweet, Jen. He's so sweet. Mm-hmm. But this is about allowing God to do a heart transplant on you and to give you a desire to do something that you may not have wanted to do. And then when you get the desire, you pray, it happens. That's how supernatural prayer takes place right there. Supernatural prayer is not a wrestling where I'm trying to convince God to do something that's not his plan for me. Supernatural prayer is why I allow God to go to work in my heart, and then he tells me what I should pray for. I pray for it, and then it happens. That's just real simple. It's literally like this. It's saying, Jen, I want to give you $5. Ask me for $5. I'll give you $5. That's what prayer should look like. So literally, when we're coming to God about things, like say, for example, let's take some practical things like who you should be married to. For those of you who aren't married yet, for the rest of you, it's too late. We're going to believe God, and we're going to work on restoration. You can't get out. To death do us part. To death do us part. So here is kind of how people who don't live supernaturally live. Maybe you can identify yourself and then you can change. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thy thee the desires of their heart. Well, I think he's fine. And I think that he will be a great father. And I think that he is the kind of person that I would want to spend my life with. So it must be the will of God for me to have it because I thought it. So I don't even ask God, should I date him? What I do is start making confessions over what the Lord has never told me belonged to me to begin with. No, 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 because I know all y'all on deep. Y'all don't think y'all make confessions. Let me show you when you make confessions right here. When you write down Mrs. Yes. Sean so-and-so, you're making a confession that someone that God has not released to you is now yours. Now, here's the thing, because people think that God won't just give you whatever it is you want. Let's go into the Old Testament and see that the people came to God, and they said, God, we want a king. He said, you don't need a king. They said, God, we want a king. All the other people got a king. All the other people got a husband. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, no, you don't know. No, no. It ain't time for you to be with nobody yet. I'm, I'm working some stuff out in you. No, no, everybody else got a husband. I mean, she even used to be a trick. How she got a husband? I mean, because that's what y'all say. That's what you say. When somebody gets something, no. No, I'm trying to help you. 
Because see, what religious people do is they talk about how somebody they thought was more ratchet than them got blessed. Let, can, I, can I parenthetically insert something for free for you? Sometimes the reason that the people you call tricks get men before you do is because they know they don't really deserve good, but they ask God for good and they supply good. But see, you think you've done everything so well. You take that for free. Go ahead, take that for free. You can have that for free. Tell your neighbor, say, that's for free. That's for free. That's for free. That's for free. So... What I'm trying to get you to understand is that the people kept asking God for a king. God, we want 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 a king. Here is the thing. You can ask God for something so long that he'll step back and say, go ahead. You do not want to live your life. Some of you in some situations right now that you got into because you had to have, you had to have that job. You had to have that car. You had to have that house. Now every month you stressing and you're struggling because you took something that God never told you was yours to begin with. I'm preaching way better than you saying amen. I'm trying to get you to judge yourself so you don't keep ending up in situations where you're asking God to set you free from something you never should have been entangled with to begin with you know why people get soul ties you date a joker god told you not to touch to begin with yep commit thy way unto the lord commit your way unto lord so i think he's fine she's fine that house is amazing i think this job should be mine this is what i want but no, I'm going to put my desire in the hand of God and let God lead me, and then I'm going to commit my way to the Lord. Now, here's the thing. Some of you have progressed past that, you know, like you tired of getting your head knocked. So you obey God. Anybody tired of getting their head knocked? Yeah. You tired of getting your head knocked. You obey God, but you obey grudgingly. There is no harvest. But a grudging obedience. So the Lord says, no. Because people, the Lord does say no. He say no for the stuff that don't belong to you. So if the Lord said no, it's because it. Look how smart y'all are. So now you've moved on and you don't really want. Well, you really still want the thing that God told you not to have. You've just busted your head enough that you're not really going to go after it. So you obey begrudgingly. It looks like this. Well, I'm single right now, but I don't like it. You can't even take joy when people having love days. You ain't even got no joy for that. People get on my nerves, always on social media. You can always tell the grudgingly obedient people because they say stuff like this. They like, everybody act like they married so good on Facebook. They act like. Well, who would post a picture fighting on Facebook except for, like, I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, that, that's why you don't take your selfies till you brush your teeth and put your makeup on. That just makes sense. But that smooth, you can always tell when you're in a place of begrudging obedience because that hateration start oozing up out of you. 
that hateration should start. Ooh, here I am. I'm being faithful. I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. And look at them. How come they blessed? How come they got somebody? How come they got promoted? Let's go back to verse 1. Because, you know, because the verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. I know I didn't ask for it, so I'll give you a second. Let's go back. Are y'all learning something today? Because you need to judge yourself if you expect supernatural results to take place in your life. We going to make it? All right, okay. Say, I am cheerfully obedient to the Lord. Come on and say that again. Say, I am cheerfully obedient to the Lord. Now, listen, hold on before we go to verse 1, because I want to talk to you as parents. See, here's how you know that there is an expectation that you would be cheerfully obedient. Because you get mad at your kids when they do what you tell them to do, but they do it with a funky attitude. You get mad in the mud. Your kid, you, like, go wash the dishes. All right, come back. What, what, what? You got something to say? What, what? Because you better not say nothing when you walk off. But what happens when God asks you to do something? Ain't you walking off to the kitchen the same way? I'm a fast. The Lord knew it was a birthday party at work today. They always get Rick's cakes. No, I like Rick's cakes. No, then you start judging the people who ain't fasting. That's why Richard Carnell over there eating that cake. <laughs> Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious of the workers of iniquity. Here's what he should have said, Sean Strickland translation. Mind your own business and run your own race. Mind your own business and run your own race. It's your job to do right at work, even if they not. Oh, no, I'm going to say that again so y'all can feel the anointing drop on that one. It's your job to do right at work, even if they don't, and even if they don't do right by you. Because you are supposed to commit your work unto the Lord. It says, for they shall soon be cut down. Some of y'all like verse 2. Y'all got that highlighted in y'all Bible. You talking about, come on, cut them down, Jesus. Cut them down. Really, don't worry about whatever, what other people are doing. Don't worry about who got promoted. Don't worry about who gave what. Don't worry about who fasting and who not fasting. Don't worry about who season, who time it is. Why don't you just delight in the Lord and you will see supernatural results in your own lives. This is even in marriage. Because you know, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. I tell Pastor this one, Pastor all the time. Like if I'm fasting, I really think he should be fasting too. I'm like, if I'm fasting, like, how you eating chicken and I'm fasting? That don't make sense. But I had to learn that just because God called you to fast don't mean he called your spouse to fast. You got your whole family up in there eating green beans as a whole meal because the Lord called you to fast. He called you to fast. He told you not to watch Scandal. Your spouse watching TV, you like, well, you watching so-and-so. That ain't your business. Run your own race. If everybody quit going to church, did the Lord tell you to quit? If everybody quit praying, did the Lord tell you to quit? 
if everybody came in and turned back, what did the Lord tell you? Stick with your assignment, and that will position you for supernatural results. Amen. Come on. Let's go to um, Hebrews 11 because we're talking about how you get supernatural results. How you get supernatural results? You obey God. You allow God to do the kind of work in your, which literally, so let me tell you a story. So one time I had this lady who, um, she ain't like me. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty used to people not liking me. I'm, I'm okay with that. But she, she made it a point to tell everybody that she didn't like me. So then now, I'm having a little trouble with that, because it's one thing for you not to like me. <laughs> it's a whole nother thing for you to be talking about me out there in them streets. You understand what I'm talking about? Because because <laughs> I'm like, man, if you got something to say, come on, say it, baby. Ain't nothing in between us but air and opportunity. I'm from Fordyce, baby. That's how we do. Like, you ain't got to talk me to death. So... So I was having a lot of trouble with the fact, because when she see me, she smile at me. And, and if you know me, you know, if you know me, you know I'm like, smile again. So I'm talking about it one day. I'm actually ranting about it to somebody, trying to process, because this was early on when I was still trying to decide how far I was going to live for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I was trying to figure out, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to tell you a real story because this is how y'all live about other things. Maybe not fight. I was trying to figure out how many times I could slap her without it going to a felony charge and that the Lord would still be pleased. I was trying to work that out in my mind. That's what y'all be trying to do sometimes too. Just maybe I, I mean, I was, so I was talking about it. And the Lord said to me, he said, um, I want you to pray for her first every day. What? So I was like praying, verse 2, she'll be cut down like the grass. Because <laughs> that's the only prayer you pray for an enemy, right? <laughs> then I messed around and found that scripture that said you're supposed to bless them that curse you. Oh, man, this got to be. I'm like, this is just, I don't know what Jesus was thinking. So I started praying for her every day. In the beginning, I'm pr- I, this is really how I pray. Bless her. Father, bless my family. Like, I, I don't have no, bless her. Bless her. I'm rolling my eyes while I'm praying. Bless her. Bless her. Mm-hmm. But if I see her in the street and I can hit her, mm-hmm, and ain't going to catch a charge, yep. Because my, my, my main thing in life is really about whether I catch a charge or not, like, because um, it's bad stuff happening in prison, and I don't want to go to prison, right? So I'm always trying to figure out, like, how, you know, I'm just telling y'all my story, right? Because your story like that, some of y'all's story like that is about your spouse. Some of your story like that is about your money. That's why Pastor Edwin is teaching about money. You always trying to figure out what's the most you can get away with without just the Lord telling you that you're a reprobate, right? You, how much can you go? You know, that's why people ask things like this. Um, well, if we're, not, if we're not married, like, can we tongue kiss? Really, people are just trying to figure out how far they can go. Like, is it okay if he feel on me as long as we don't? Can, you're just trying to figure out how far you can go before you in sin. That's all you're doing. You're trying to figure out how far can I go. Um, so when you talk about cuss, when you talk about don't curse, 
Like, so can I use the biblical words to curse? Is so-and-so a curse word? Because you're trying to see how far you can go without getting in trouble. That's not a heart that's committed to obey God. That's a heart that just don't want to get in trouble. So I started praying for her. We in day 30 of me praying for her. The Lord says to me, I want you to send her some flowers. You want my money too? Wait, you want me to send her some flowers? I was like, no, Jesus. I ain't going to be to do that. And so the Lord says, keep praying for her. Finally, at day 45, I jumped up. I said, let me get these flowers right now, babe, right now. Because, like, the, the, hey, my spirit is willing. My flesh is like, what are we doing? So I send her these flowers. Now, my first car say, you know, I know you've been talking about me. The Lord like, nope, nope, uh-uh, <laughs> start over. These flowers are a symbol of what I really want to do. I mean, like, I got about 15 cars before I finally get through. And finally, the Lord says, I want you to say this on the card. I write what he says on the card. I send the flowers. Two days later at midnight, she knocks on my door. She is boohooing. I am so sorry for all the things I've said about you. I don't even know why I dislike you. When you sent me those flowers, first I thought that meant you was coming to beat me up. See, you know, she, right, you know, she already know. But we ended up having a conversation and restoration in our relationship that we never could have got had I done it my own way. I'm trying to get you to understand that sometimes you're in a job and you got a difficult boss and all you're doing is complaining about your boss. You ought to be praying about your boss. You're supposed to be light in darkness. Nobody promised you you would get to go into an environment where there wouldn't be any pushback. Nobody guaranteed you. No, the promise isn't that there is no pushback and that just because you love Jesus, it's going to be rainbows um, and flowers every day. We're called to be light in darkness. Now, but here's why hearing God is important. Because some of you are staying in jobs and in relationships that the Lord has released you from. He's released you from, but you're like, I got to stay on the battlefield. He, this not your battle, <laughs> not your field. <laughs> Feel free <laughs> to move around the cabin, okay? <laughs> not, this is not your place. You're right, you're free. That's why hearing God is so important. Now, let's go to Hebrews 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So literally what it means is this, is that my, my faith is that I am believing God based on what God is saying to me, not what he's saying to us collectively. So, for example, I, the Lord gave me a word the other day that this was a season of restoration, Right? But what restoration looks like for me and what it looks like for Sparky and the instructions that we walk through to get it, they may be totally different. But we ought to both know the word well enough to know whether the thing that we're doing is following after God or following after our own desire. So now this word from the Lord, restoration, acceleration, they were singing earlier, breakthrough. So that word, that was a word for this church. This is a season of breakthrough. So your faith can be first, hey, this is a season of breakthrough. Somebody shout, this is a season of breakthrough. Season of breakthrough. 
Now my faith begins to build over the instruction, this word that this is my time for breakthrough, right? So then my faith causes me to ask God what I need to do to produce breakthrough. Some of you, he may say, because he, the Bible says, let, um, let all words be established by two or three witnesses. And so sometimes what we do is that we symbolically pull something out of the word and we try to apply it to our life that it doesn't apply to our life. Like, let me give you an example. Have you ever walk, walked around the wall of Jericho? Like, people be like, we go walk around seven times and it's going to fall? That's only any breakthrough if that's what the Lord told you to do. You don't get to extrapolate one battle that God told Joshua and them to do and then be like, now I'm out here walking around cars and it's going to fall into my lap. No, what did the Lord, I'm, I'm telling because you know y'all can be real spooky and real strange and then y'all like, and instead of doing the work, help, amen, help us, oh God. So it's like if I'm going to be walking around something, let's say, for example, we were believing God for a building, right? If we're going to be walking around that building believing God that it's going to come into our lives, it should be because it's what the Lord told us to do, not because we saw it happen for someone else and now we're trying to do it ourselves. Because our breakthrough is going to come from the, us doing what the Lord told us to do, not what he told somebody else to do. And so sometimes people aren't getting supernatural results because you're trying to walk the path that he gave somebody else instead of finding out what he told you to do. Well, so-and-so, they sold X amount of seed, they got breakthrough. What did he tell you? So-and-so fasted and they got breakthrough. What did he tell you? Learn to follow instructions. Now, let's talk about a corporate environment because in January, we're going to fast. I'm telling you now, so you can start preparing, eat real good over Thanksgiving, over Christmas. We go fast in January. If your birthday is in January, celebrate it in February or December because we're going to fast in January, right? So now there's a corporate word that says FOC is doing something. Now, here's what we talk about with being obedient. So I feel like I'm committed to fellowship of champions until I'm asked to do something I don't want to do. And then when I'm asked to do something I don't want to do, I remind myself how grown I am. Well, he a man like me. He may be a man like you, but he is the man that God called that you say he's connected you to. You believe the word when he told you marriage was going to be turned around. You believe the word when he told you that we, we, people got excited today about an auditorium, right? We didn't see the auditorium. We in a hotel room. But he said auditorium, and we all went, yes. So we have to be able to understand collective authority when he says, we're going to fast in January. Well, this church, they don't fast to April. What church you go to? What your church do? Well, some church, they don't fat, don't bring me no scriptures talking about how so-and-so church don't fat. I don't care what their church, you see what I'm saying? People, you get to work out your own salvation. And what I was saying to them on Wednesday night is this, is that you can always measure whether your soul is tied to something by how you react when someone pushes. I'll give you a great example. Anybody in here like cauliflower? Only a couple people, right? For those of you who don't like cauliflower, put your hand down. Um, Brussels, anybody in here like Brussels sprouts? Okay, if you like Brussels sprouts, put your hands down. For the rest of you, you don't like Brussels sprouts, right? Let's say that I tell you that the Lord said we should not eat any more Brussels sprouts. Pray, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
because you didn't want to eat Brussels sprouts. No way. But what did the Lord say? No more coffee. No more sodas. No more candy. No more sugar. Now you want to find a scripture. Now you now you're looking for that let no thing be made unclean that the Lord has called clean. And the proverbial idol in the church, chicken. No fried chicken. We ain't gonna eat no fried chicken. The devil is a liar and a deceiver too. And if you're not careful, oh wow, this is good. Here's the thing. Here's why you should pray for your pastors. Why you should pray for your pastors, why you should pray for your parents. Um, for, pray for your pastors, pray for your parents, and kids should pray for their parents. Listen, you should write this down. You should write this down. You should put it on your mirror. You should remember this. You should etch this into your heart. The anointing is perfect, but people are not. The anointing is perfect, but people are not. So let's say hypothetically that we got called on the fast and the Lord didn't say we should be on the fast. The Lord will honor everybody who submitted to their leader in the fast. As long as your leader isn't telling you to do something that goes against the word, God will honor you because you obey. See, New Finger Church don't want to talk about obedience. So, and that's why it's a weak church. That's why you don't see a lot of healings. That's why you don't see a lot of deliverance because basically people do whatever the heck they want to do. They come to church when they want to come to church. They read their Bible. They want to read their Bible. They talk about grace for every single thing that they do. For the record, let me throw in that grace is not a license to sin. If you read your Bible clearly, grace is the freedom to be free from sin. I'm covered under grace. No, you're covered under foolishness. That's foolishness that you're talking right now. You don't get to do anything you want to do and expect there be no natural consequences for it. If you really believe that, you wouldn't discipline your kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it says, for by it, by what? Faith, the elders obtain what? So a good, how you go obtain a good report? By faith, right? So how does faith come? By hearing what God said. So how you going to obtain a good report when you didn't hear what the Lord said when you started? Well, how you going to hear a good report? So then what happens is, is that people get themselves in situations, and then you're in the situation, and you're like, I bind the devil. No, see, listen, the devil didn't put you in this. You're a fu Oh, no, because let me insert this. The Bible says we are only drawn away by the lust of our own flesh. Which means that when the enemy comes for you, he comes for you based on what you like. If you like tall, dark, and handsome, he don't send you short and round. Because you ain't moved by short and round. That, that you just ain't. Short and round. You can be short, but short and round. If you like tall and slim, short and round, you like, nope. If you're not tempted by sweets, sweets don't move you. If you're not, you're drawn away by the lust of your own flesh. So wisdom is learning what moves you. What gets me worked up? What is it that when they talk about, I get, like, real protective about? Like, don't come over here talking to me about that. Why? Because then we can become pliable to the Lord and say to the Lord, here's the reality. You know, Lord, I don't really like, um, so, like, I don't really like people telling me what to do. 
That I mean, that's the truth. Like, kind of at the fundamental level, I don't really want people to tell me what to do. Like, I really, I don't tell you what to do. I don't really want you to tell me what to do. I knew I couldn't work in corporate America. When, they, when I was there, they were telling people what time to go to lunch. I'm like, I'm a grown tail woman with two degrees, and you got to tell me what time to go to lunch? Yeah, partner, this not how I work. That's a good thing until the Lord tell me to do something. And then I started talking about how I don't like people to tell me what to do. Or my spiritual leaders tell me to do something. I started talking about how I don't want nobody to tell me what to do. Or my husband tell me something. I started talking about how I don't want nobody to tell me what to do. So it's, you got to know what is likely to get you in trouble. Are you stubborn? Anybody in here willing to admit they're stubborn? Listen, listen we're going to have a deliverance call for y'all today. We're going to get y'all right. <laughs> Stubbornness is the gateway for every other thing that would torment you. Stubbornness is the gateway for every other thing that would torment you. The fact that you are stubborn. Who said they were stubborn? Raise your hand again. Some of you ain't going to raise your hand a second time because you like it. You don't tell me what to do. You should have counted the first time. <laughs> so now we're talking about praying to get supernatural results, right? Everybody who said they're stubborn, stand up. Well, no, hold on, hold on. You was about to stand up. Look, you breaking that thing right there. Somebody told you to do something, you're about to stand up. Here's the thing. Anytime we hold on, because now we just, we go pray over some things and we go, we go roll up out of here, right? Because we go pray over some things because we're talking about supernatural prayer. So the first step to being free from being stubborn is to acknowledge that you're stubborn. That's the first step. The second step is to acknowledge that stubbornness is not the heart of God. Second. The third thing is to be willing to give up being stubborn. This is where most people get stuck. Because the reason you're stubborn, many of you, is because stubbornness has protected you from some stuff. So now the question becomes, is God your God or is stubbornness your God? So if you know you're stubborn, you know that stubbornness isn't the will of God for your life, and you are ready to break up with stubbornness, stand to your feet. Look at y'all. And some of you wrestling, and that's okay. This really how deliverance come. Like, it's funny because I don't like for people to tell me what to do, but I'm not stubborn. Like, if I submit myself to somebody, like, if, for example, it's the reason I don't go work out with Sparky because I asked him one time what he did, and he told me, he told me to come, and I knew I couldn't do that, and I knew I didn't want to do it. And, but, but my personality is, is that if I showed up on the track, I would fall out trying to do what he said. Because if I'm going to come and follow you, I'm going to do what the heck you told me to do because I figure you know what you're talking about. So, yes, I'm, so, I'm, um, so I like independence, but I'm going to follow the instructions of somebody I have submitted myself to. All right, so you stand up here, you know you're stubborn, so here's really the thing. So the first thing is that you just, um, is you calling out people, Chris? Oh, 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 I was like, hold on, wait, wait, what? I thought she was like, I thought she was over there like, uh, you know you stubborn. No. I was going to tell you to just lay down at the altar till church was over. Okay, so look around the room and look how many people are standing. I want to show you two things. Look how many people are standing. So look, over 80% of the church is saying they're stubborn. So look at what's going to happen here. It will be impossible for us to do the will of God here because your stubbornness will interfere.
it'll be impossible for you to have the best life because your stubbornness will interfere. So, yes, maybe stubbornness protected you in some way, but you don't need stubbornness anymore. You have God. So you can just, so all I'm asking you to do is to make an exchange today. So like, we're going to do some things that are just, you know, like literally, like you're going to give up. No, 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 no. You're going to throw down. <laughs> Let's not give up. Let's throw. We're going to throw down stubbornness symbolically. Just throw it down. Get it out your life. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sparky want to knock it out the park. Let me move over. And then here's what you, here's our prayer. Lift your hands as an act of surrender because that's what stubborn people need to do. Here's the thing. If you're stubborn, you need to make it a point that every time we say lift your hands, you lift your hands. It breaks stubbornness. It breaks stubbornness because it's the act of surrender. And you can tell because you can tell people who really struggle because they hold it, they up their hand like this. They like a tight, tight. The people who want to be free, they be like. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, right. So, here we go. We're just going to pray a prayer, okay? Here's the prayer we're going to pray. Say, Lord, Lord I, acknowledge I acknowledge that stubbornness, that stubbornness has, ruled has ruled in my heart. And I repent, and I repent for, being stubborn. for being stubborn. I also acknowledge, I also acknowledge that the thought of giving up stubbornness is a little bit frightening because stubbornness is how I have protected myself. But today, in faith, I give it up and I ask you to come and feel every place that stubbornness has lived. I am committed to take this journey with you. Stubbornness, we are Breaking up. Breaking up. You are no longer, are no longer. My, boo. my boo. You got to go. go. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. I, declare, I declare I am, I am free, free from, stubbornness. from stubbornness. Have a seat. I want the married couples to keep standing. I want the married couples to keep standing. If married couples are stubborn. So, like, you got, but you weren't stubborn, right? Sit down. No, he, he actually, if, if, you, if, if you tell him, he it take him a little while to get, but if you tell him, yeah. <laughs> so here's the attack that the enemy will use against your marriage. If he can get you to be stubborn, he will keep destiny from manifesting. Because stubbornness can look like a lot of things. I'm right, you not. That's what, that's also pride. That's what we, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'm right, you not. But it really is this thing that says, I'm not going to put my full weight on you because I don't trust you to protect me the way I would protect me. And so you really, really want to be mindful of that because the enemy will use it to create dissension, right? So pay attention to that. Becoming really pliable, not only because the Bible doesn't just say husbands, wives submit to your husbands. This says we want to submit to each other in the Lord. So we want to work together. The enemy will use stubbornness to break up partnerships of divine um, connections, things that he wants to have done, right? And so you really want to be mindful of that.
Listen, so I'm going to give you guys a couple words, all right? So here's the thing. Um, Howard, the Lord really used Misty to pull you out of darkness. Like even more than you know. You, don't, you have no clue the spiritual assignments that were on your life that God used Misty to bring you out of. Sometimes when she's talking, you feel like she's trying to parent you. But God gave her a gift to see what will bring you destruction. You should listen to your wife. <laughs> Here I, I think she going to cry. She like, yeah, no. <laughs> right, because she might, she belong to me, right? Like, yeah. Like, really, like, if you could open your heart and see, like, the way she covers you in prayer, like, her heart is to see you be everything that she knows that you can be. She's not trying to boss you. She's for you. She is for you in a way that you aren't even for yourself yet. Yep. That's why you got to be to hear the Holy Ghost. These notes on this page, these notes are beautiful. But if it's a word in here for somebody, you'd rather have a word than what's on this paper. Understand? Y'all a team. Literally, when I see you, you superheroes. Like, when I see you guys stand together, I always see the same scripture. One can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000. You guys are 10,000. Like, literally, when you are in unison and when you're in sync, the devil can't do nothing with you. You need to become real intentional. You've known each other for a long time, and because you've known each other for a long time, you think you know each other in some ways, and you're familiar with some ways, but it makes you not be aware of the shifts that are happening with each other. You really need to sit down and really listen to each other's heart, see how the person is growing and becoming. But y'all, y'all bad. Y'all war people, like... Like, like y'all, right, right, you, right, right, you guys are war people. Really, she, she said, like, 300, you war people. Like, between, when, like it's funny because um, I'm really, really attracted to people who, who can war. Like, I, I, like, like if, you, if you know how to, man, if you know how to, to, to fight, I'm, I'm attracted to fighters, but you guys are going to learn how to fight in the spirit and how to speak with one voice. And when you speak with one voice, I heard the Lord saying that there's even going to be shifts in your family, that your family will begin to believe things about God that they don't believe because of traditions and stuff that they, but if you guys will let God flow in y'all, your whole generation will shift. Um, God is going to use you guys to impact young people. Like, it's, it's largely why you work the way you work, where you work. But this thing about you that's so fresh, like this, them shoes, that, that. <laughs> like, no, for real. Don't let anybody talk you out of that. But here's the challenge. To be just as diligent about hearing God as you are about tracking those fresh clothes. Because God is going to use those clothes and those shoes to help you reach people we couldn't touch. People we couldn't touch. You'll literally be places and people will walk up to you and they'll start talking to you about your shoes. And if you spend time with God, you'll know that they came to have an encounter with Jesus. 
That's what I got. So then we hear something, you know what we do? We thank the Lord for it. We thank the Lord. Y'all can sit down now. Y'all can sit down. Hear it's why it's so important to be able to hear from God. That's why we don't want to go after stuff that God doesn't want us to go after. Even as we're looking for a new building, just I love this. Sertrick was talking to us because Sertrick is on our executive team, and he was talking to us about the building, and he's giving this pushback, not in a disrespectful way, but he says this thing that really centers Pastor Edwin and I in the search for the building. He says, is this a move to create, to relieve temporary pain, or is this a destiny move? You need somebody who can come in and, 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 and bring you back. Like, this thing that you're focused on, is it related to destiny, or is it just a distraction, or is it just a way to ease the pain for right now? We don't want to live that way, right? That's why we ask you guys to pray over the building, to pray over where we're supposed to go next. Because God knows where we should be next, right? So we need all of y'all praying with us over where we should be next. So we end up in the right place. All right. So I got one more scripture, and then we're going to be done for a day. I'm not going to go to the last one. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Anybody getting anything out of service today? Yeah, I'm going I'm to pray for some people when, at the end of service. I'm going to pray for some people. And like, listen, I'm, I said I'm going to pray for some people. I'm going to have some other people help me pray for some people. If when I said I'm going to pray for some people, you thought I want her to pray for me, you should make yourself available and let me pray for you. So in Mark 11, it says, and Jesus asked them, have faith in God, have God kind of faith. And we've told you that when we read that, it means have the God kind of faith. Well, really the only way to have a God kind of faith is have a God kind of heart. That's where you get the God kind of faith from, the God kind of heart, right? So if we go after the heart of God, that's why, we, that's why we're really so thankful to Rod for being able to come and play because it was not that worship wasn't good before, but something happens when someone can get on the instruments and flow with God. Even in the Bible, you will see that there were things that were driven out when somebody can play on the instruments and create an atmosphere. And so we, we want to have the God kind of heart, and that's really why you hear Chris, and she's pressing in in worship, and she's singing the same words over again, and you're like, wow we don't move on and say something else because we ain't yielded yet when we yield we can move on and say something else because yieldedness is not just about your position here sometimes you may be bowed down on your knees here but in your heart you're still fighting God about something and so we just want to be a church that don't fight God amen say I declare that we are a church that doesn't fight God all right Jesus answered and said unto them have faith in God listen come on um Let's go a little faster. It says, For therely I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. For those of you who prayed over stubbornness, this needs to be a scripture that you need to really understand and meditate. Literally, we prayed that the mountain of stubbornness in your life would be picked up and cast down. The enemy's going to kind of come back and make you think you're still stubborn. When that happens, you got to say, I'm not stubborn anymore. I got delivered from stubbornness. Like, I'm not stubborn anymore. That's really one of the reasons that people have trouble walking in freedom is because you'll pray and get delivered from something and then the enemy will try to make you think you still have it. And instead of you saying, I don't have it anymore because I gave it up at the altar, you'll say, well, since I feel it, I must have it. That's not true. 
your agreement is with God, sometimes it takes your feelings time to catch up to what God is saying. And so you have to train your feelings to obey God. And so that's why when stubbornness tries to come on your life, one of the ways that you can really break stubbornness off of your life is that you can put yourself in a position to serve. Service will break stubbornness. And so you put yourself in a position of servitude so that stubbornness can be broken. So we want to say that, um, that these things I say to you, that whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have them. Remember this whole concept that we started with as we wrap up here. Number one, we want to make our hearts pliable to God, right? When we make our hearts pliable to God, when we pray, we know we're going to get the results that we're looking for because we're only asking for what he wants us to have. Some of you need to make a quality decision right now that you don't want anything God doesn't want you to have. You don't want anything or anyone that God doesn't want you to have. If God doesn't want you to have it or have them, then it's because there is something better with your name on it. See, everything in life will bring warfare. There is warfare against the promises of God. But when you know that your marriage is ordained by God, see, that's why when you get married, you've got to know that God told you to marry that person. Why? Because it's going to come opportunities for you to quit being married. And if you don't know that the Lord told you to be married, you'll cave in and quit. you got to know before you start. When you take a job, you should know that the Lord told you to take that job. I'm not talking about like if you're not, because I want you to hear me. If you're not working and, someone get, and you get an opportunity for a job and it's not illegal or immoral, take the job. But I'm talking about when you're like, I want to climb the ladder, I want to promote, I want to do X, I want to do such and such. Just because you want to be promoted doesn't mean it's time. And just because they offer a promotion doesn't mean you should take it. So you want to be really pliable to God so that when we pray, we believe that we receive. So, for example, even when we're praying for people with healing, one of the things that I'm always trying to do if I'm going to pray for somebody from healing, I want a word from the Lord. I believe healing belongs to everybody, right? But I also know that how God gets somebody free can be to two totally different things. That's why you see Jesus one place. He's scoops in the mud and he spits and he puts spittle on the eyes right another place he tell them to take off their cloak another place he tell them to take up their bed and another place he just says she touches the hem of his garment understand that God doesn't always do things the same way every time but you will get to the outcome if you make hearing God your priority amen so we are done for the day except that I am going to pray um and anybody who wants prayer um, I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to get some people to help me. I want to pray. Rod, do you mind playing? Can you play for me? And so I'm going to pray and dismiss service in case you need to go. Um, and so I want you to be dismissed and blessed. want to remind you we have Wednesday night service. Who's been coming to Wednesday night service? Wednesday night service off the chain, ain't it? 